0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Older Americans look forward to their golden years, but an increasing number have been forced into bankruptcy. ...due to unplanned expenses or a lack of retirement savings.
1: And we've seen about a five-fold increase, depending on which chapter of bankruptcy they file... ...and how much equity, there's a lot of moving parts here, but how much equity is in their home... ...and what state they're in, they could end up losing their homes.
0: Then, a recent study found that boys, not girls, are more likely to report being victims of dating violence.
1: Fortunately, it's a small proportion of teens, and it is declining... But we have to do more to actually provide better training about healthy relationships for
0: boys and girls. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Americans 65 and older hope to enjoy their golden years, but an increasing number are facing bankruptcy. Here with the story, Infotrax Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Deborah Thorne, associate professor in
2: the Department of Sociology and Anthropology at the University of Idaho. She was the lead author of a study called The Graying of U.S. Bankruptcy, Fallout from Life in a Risk Society. So Dr. Thorne, just how big of a trend is this, bankruptcies among senior citizens?
1: It's pretty considerable. If we look, for example, at the national rate, so the rate of change in the United States, among older folks who are filing, we've seen a threefold increase since 1991, so that's within the whole U.S. population. The other way we measured it is we looked at only the people who are in bankruptcy and looked at their ages. So we looked at folks in 1991 and their age distribution compared to what we have now. And that's, again, just the people in bankruptcy. And we've seen about a five-fold increase in the numbers of folks 65 and over who are filing. And this is well beyond just the aging of baby boomers in the United States. That only explains a very small percentage of the change.
2: So even though the rate has significantly increased, overall, it sounds like it may not be a huge number of senior bankruptcies. Is that right?
1: I don't know if you'd say not a huge number. If we look across the United States every year, there's only about 800 only. (laughs) There's around 800,000 households that are in bankruptcy every year. And of those, a small percentage of those are older people. However, that rate of older people has been going up significantly, and in the population of bankruptcy filers, they are way overrepresented now.
2: The subtitle of your study is Fallout from Life in a Risk Society. Maybe you can explain what you mean by that.
1: Jacob Hacker, he's a social scientist at Yale. He introduced the concept of a risk society, and Our research, I think our findings fit well into this perspective that he's introduced in a nutshell. Risks that used to be managed or held by society at large. Think, for example, people who had pensions back in the day, those, that risk of retiring was managed by their employer. Employers also used to provide a post-retirement healthcare. Few do that anymore. So that risk of healthcare has been shifted onto the individual, for example, who's retiring. And the other shifts that we've seen, for example, this is important. We've gone from a defined benefit retirement program, so a pension, to defined contribution, which is a 401k type of retirement. And your defined benefit or your pension, the investment of that, the distribution of that when you retired was all managed and the risk of it was pooled and it was managed by an expert. Now with the 401k, that risk of that investment has all been transferred to the individual and the choice of making that investment So it's how much are you going to contribute if you're going to contribute and who manages that investment? I'm fortunate at the university we have some advisors where to put our retirement monies, but many people don't. So that risk that used to be pooled and managed at a corporate or governmental level is now being shifted off onto individuals. It's pretty risky. It's it's a risk shift.
2: Our guest on InfoTrack is Professor Deborah Thorne from the University of Idaho. She was the lead author of a study called The Graying of U.S. Bankruptcy, and we're talking about her findings that bankruptcy among senior citizens is rapidly rising. Dr. Thorne, are more people entering their retirement years carrying debt, such as a mortgage?
1: Yeah, both mortgage debt and a lot more unsecured debt, which is primarily credit cards. We've done some research in the past, and we know that on the credit cards, a large portion of that is medical debt. So yes, they're going in with more mortgage debt, which would be secured debt. And the pickle there is depending on which chapter of bankruptcy they file and how much equity, there's a lot of moving parts here, but how much equity is in their home and what state they're in, they could end up losing their homes, which is just about the rottenest thing you could do to a person who's retired is to take their home. In another paper I'm working on right now, I'm finding that folks who are 65 and over, you ask them what they did to try to avoid bankruptcy. They're older, approaching retirement, and they've got these bills that they can't pay. And so they strip their 401k to pay their credit card debts. and then they end up filing for bankruptcy. And that's just about the worst thing that could happen because now they're approaching their final years and they have nothing. They have no wealth. They have nothing in their retirement accounts.
2: Let's talk about medical expenses for just a moment. I think Uh there's kind of a misconception out there among younger people that, hey, there's Medicare and even (laughs) Medicaid. But I've read that the typical retiree needs something on the order of $275,000 just for out-of-pocket expenses for health costs.
1: Yeah, in their final 20 years or so, you bet. The fact that younger people, I'm 56, until about five years ago, I was totally ignorant of how Medicare worked, and I still don't have all the hoops figured out, but I assumed it was free. I didn't realize that you had to pay your premiums every month. I thought, well, here I've been paying into this my entire work life, and I should get healthcare, and everything should be covered, and life's going to be pretty grand when I'm on Medicare, and it turns out that that's not the case at all. You have to pay premiums, anywhere from 100 to 200 bucks a month. And the last document that I was reading is there's about 20% of your expenses are not covered. It's out of pocket. Based on what I've read, it doesn't cover hearing aids, it doesn't cover dental, and it doesn't cover eyes. And yeah, you can buy a supplemental, but supplemental insurance isn't cheap.
2: So what do you think could be done to improve this situation? Certainly some level of education for those who are approaching retirement might help, right?
1: Sure, it might help. As a social scientist, what I'm trained to do is to look at the large structural reasons that are behind big changes like this, and you have to reverse this risk shift. If my argument is that that's what has put many older people in this pickle, if we want to remedy it, we have to reverse it. And It's not that difficult, theoretically. Do we have the political will to make that shift right now? I don't know. But there's a lot at stake. I can't tell you. I I just The stories that I read from the folks on the back of their surveys, they are just absolutely heart-wrenching to read about someone who's 70 years old. They're driving for Uber Eats, delivering food. They're going to lose their home. And they said, what did we do wrong? we saved for retirement. We don't smoke. I mean, they're thinking of all the individual explanations and things they could have done differently, but they have no control over how much health care costs. They have no control of what happens in the stock market, for heaven's sake. So those are risks that whether they like it or not, or whether they know it or not, they've been shifted onto these individuals. They don't know how to manage this. And there really isn't much an individual can do. Everyone says, oh, yes, I will exercise and You know, I will invest wisely, to which I say, well, kudos to you, and I really hope that things hold steady for you. But for many, many people, as they approach their final years, things just kind of go to crap. You know, our bodies break down. It's just life. Sounds
2: like a kind of a long shot that pensions are going to suddenly come back, though, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. You know, between 1980 and 2000 were the best years to retire, because Many people, of course, not all, but many people had pensions. Many people had post-retirement health care. Health care costs hadn't gone through the roof yet. We made a decision then to weaken the social safety net for older folks when we shifted that risk on to them. We can undo it. Are the odds good? Probably not. But we will make a decision as a nation what we want to do. And I'll tell you, the closer I get to retirement, (laughs) the more I hope we make this decision quickly. Because it doesn't take much for people to lose it all.
2: Dr. Deborah Thorne from the University of Idaho, the lead author of a study called The Graying of U.S. Bankruptcy. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: You bet. Thank you.
2: For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey.
0: Next, boys report being victims of dating violence. That story coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.